Test, test, test. Seven, two, four, nine, five, zero. You're a whore. <laughs> um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I tried. Oh, you're so mean to me. Why can't you just be supportive? I can't be supportive of that voice. Uh. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Yeah, We Said It with me, Emma, and... Ellen. We are a mother and daughter duo who give you straightforward, no bullshit advice if you dare write into us asking for advice. I am a blogger and I have been for a decade. And I read many blogs. And we just have my uh, readers and our listeners write in if something is keeping them up at night that they, for some reason, want our totally, not totally unsolicited advice on, but totally unprofessional advice on. In other words, if you want an opinion, ask for it. (laughs) Beautifully put. It's Halloween week. No, I got got the best one. Let me do it. I don't want you to do it. If you do it again, we're not going to do it. practice in my life I don't even do that oh my god <laughs> it was pretty good wasn't it, it I was felt really like good. you know what I could feel my lips vibrating your, your little your jaw was quivering it was You're I like, was oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun I think I should start my own blog of sounds okay <laughs> I think people I'm gonna call it automata mama automata mama um, it, is, uh, Pia. <laughs> it is Ellen's favorite holiday of the year. <gasps> My most favorite. I put everything out Labor Day weekend. Yes. And I have been enjoying it for two months. Yes, her house now, has been decked out in pumpkins and witches and everything in between since... Labor Day. Yes, because it really is my fave. Like, this is my Christmas. But I will say, (laughs) when the weather has been the way it was all of September and October, which just until this week, it got a little cooler today, it annoyed me and it really brought me down. Oh, me too. You've got to have like 70, 75 degree weather to like really enjoy skipping from room to room and admiring all of your stuff. You need to be able to be wearing jeans, booties, and a light layer comfortably to really lean into Halloween and fall. That's how I feel. So I'm going to be depressed when I have to take it all down. I know you are. I know you are. It is. It's really depressing because it's just explain, explain to our listeners why you hold Halloween so dear to your heart. It's the only holiday that my mom didn't get uptight about prepping things like food, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas are all about food and gifts and and gifts and Easter's about food and I it was just candy you just do candy and that's very easy and it doesn't make you come unglued and that's why I love it so much I guess and she always liked spooky things and scary movies and I think that's part of it do you like scary movies no not at all in fact there's this new show on tv called evil and i i watched the first 30 minutes of it and i went nope i'm out and i i was it's from the same people that did um the good fight and the good wife so i thought the writing 
the writing is great. Yeah. But I just, I can't handle it. I'm sorry. Just can't do it. What do you, but do you like suspense thrillers? It depends. Okay. It depends. So we don't need to go into that because, you know. But like blood and gore and like. A blood and gore upset the F out of me. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. Well, I always have. I mean, if I cut myself cooking, I, I'm, I'm convinced I'm going to die from the cut. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, I get very unglued. Can't do it. Um, I only have very fond memories of Halloween because it makes me happy. Yeah, Ellen has always loved it as long as I've known her, which has been a long time. Yes, for thirty-two. Oh, I'm not supposed to say your age. Oh, no, people know how old <laughs> she's I am. known me for thirty-two years. It's true, and Ellen was always like she's always been so imaginative and so creative, and she would be in charge basically of picking our costumes for us. I don't I don't think I ever like threw a fit about what I wanted to be. We'd plan weeks in advance months in advance. I talk it up from the time they were in elementary school and we would always do costumes where it was something simple we'd put together with things we had in the house. Yeah. Or I might go out and say you wanted to be the bride of Frankenstein. I remember one year I just went out and I bought a white nightgown somewhere, like in the ladies' department, and I just made it fit you. And But it was always about the makeup. Yes. And that and that's when we didn't have the internet or any kind of... Like tutorials. Right. And I just did it off the top of my head and whatever was going on in my mind. And... I think I pulled off some pretty good ones. You did. You pulled off amazing ones. But the best part is that, you know, this was my my most clear memories of Halloween were when we were living in Connecticut. And I think at that point we had one bathroom. We did. We had one bathroom. One bathroom in our house. I don't know how that worked. I don't know either. But we had a half bath downstairs. Yeah. But um, so we share this one bathroom, all all four of us upstairs. And so Allie and I would always have to take turns getting our Halloween makeup done. And I was a horrifying patient. Patient? Patient. Okay. I don't think patient is the word. Subject. Subject, yes. I was a difficult subject every year. She was because, well, she'd come home from school and they'd be all lit up because, you know, I kept talking about it, which was my mistake. And I'd sit her down and I'd have all the makeup ready to go and I'd start putting it on and I'd say, keep your eyes closed She'd open them, or I'd say, "Open your lips," and she'd close them. And I'd try to outline her mouth, and she'd start laughing. And <laughs> That's what it was. I always, I always had laughing attacks, and she, I mean, oh, Ellen, I would lose my oh, shit. Oh, Ellen I would, would be lose like, it. "I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna walk out of here." I'm like, I'm like, "Halloween is over. It's not happening. We're not gonna go trick or treating. I hope you're happy." This is what's gonna happen. You're staying home. Oh my god! It was always the lips, but more like it was the eyes more than anything because I just you know like I have great vision I never had to put contacts in or anything like that so people getting close to my eyes to do makeup I always am like oh just yeah. flinching she everywhere had one eye half open trying to look out of it and it would be blinking <laughs> it, it was, was so bad it was so bad so it always would take like double the time for you to do my Halloween and I makeup. just want you to know when they would come home with their candy I would go through all of it and put all the butterfingers aside because that's my fave. <laughs> I don't eat those so much anymore, but I used to love butterfingers. That's the least that, you know, you and that deserve was the that. Only, that was the only time of year I would do it. I would never go into the grocery store and buy myself a butterfinger. It was like my little plan. Once a year, I get all the butterfingers. God, that smell of Halloween candy when it's mm-hmm. all in the same and you dump remember it out. When you, remember when you used to take pillowcases and oh, you'd yes. come home, dump them out, and go back out and get more. That's all. But things were safer then. It was different. Yeah, it was different. I did get like a at least an apple and raisins one year, though. 
You did? Yeah. But there was like that scare back in the 90s where like they put razor blades in apples or some shit. I think that's a scare every year. Oh my God. Anyway. Um, oh, now that the scare is CBD uh, g- gummies, gummies, what CBD in, in, in anything. Why is that a scare? I don't know. Well, for you it isn't. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't have THC in it. I don't know, honey. I just read that this year, just be careful because people might be handing that kind of stuff out to what you don't want to hand that out to a five year old. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, maybe a six year old. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how cool they are, I guess. Um, I love Halloween too, but I really, and it always makes me sound and feel like such a freak admitting this. I hate dressing up in costumes. Uh, well, like oh, once I reached a certain I ruin point, it for you? no, what ruined it for me was college because I, it, it was always such a happy thing for me because that's how you made it. And we just treated it like this lighthearted, you know, it was all about candy and whatever. And I got to college, and it was literally like that scene of Mean Girls when Caddy Heron goes to her first high school Halloween party, and she's always known it to be like you dress up really spooky and like creatively, and she shows up, and she's the um, she's an ex-wife, so she has like it's Bride of Frankenstein basically, but like blood all over her mouth, and all the other girls in school, it's like they look the sluttiest they possibly can. Their boobs are out, short shorts. And there's, like, a voiceover. It's, like, everyone knows that Halloween is the one time of year you can dress like a total slut and no one can say anything. And that's what happened when I went out for the first time in college for Halloween. I was surrounded. Like, I went out in a normal costume, not sexy, and everyone looked like a slut. And I was, like, I fucking hate this holiday. Wait a minute. Can you remember what you wore? The only very vivid memory so bad the only very vivid memory i have of a college halloween costume i dressed up as like one of the olsen sisters oh i kind of remember that which made no sense because i obviously don't look like them at all and you're not blonde and i'm not blonde but i just put on like i basically it was just an excuse to put on like a lot of artsy clothing and layer it and be like and cut the fingers off some yeah be like super moody and like new york New York street style. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know, but I was just like so uncomfortable, so out of place. I, and everyone looked like hot and I, that was the moment. That was the moment I was done with Halloween as an adult. Do you remember the only costume I ever bought you? No. When we lived in Connecticut. Wait, was it Belle? It was Belle. <gasps> How was I Belle that? From Beauty and the Beast. Oh my God. You car- I went to the Disney store and I spent a lot of money and you begged me for it. This is how Emma was. Oh my God. When she was in, and was that elementary school or preschool, honey? I can't remember. I don't remember. I can't ever, even believe ever I remember. Ever since she were in preschool, her big thing was she wanted to wear a dress to school every day. And my punishment, like if she acted up, I wouldn't give her time out. I'd say, if you continue to do that, you will not be wearing a dress tomorrow. And she would have such a meltdown. Oh do you remember that? Like, barely. Uh, but anyway, I got you the bell costume, and it was expensive. Please, I hope this has a good ending. It doesn't. <laughs> and I, I let you go uh, trick-or-treating with one of my friends. Okay. And her family. And I and I didn't I didn't go for some reason and it rained. It poured. And your and your dress dragged down the street and you came home and it like had three inches, just a layer of mud line around it. And I was like, Well that's that. I mean like you couldn't even play dress up in it. I just had to toss it. (sighs) And you know, for me to do that, it took a lot out of me. Well I don't know if I've recuperated. (laughs) 
I mean, especially because you're like the stain queen. You can get stuff I know, out but of... no, this was made out of like polyester that looked like silk. There was just no way I was going to mess with it. But did yeah. I have a good time? You was had I, a great was time. Was I upset when I got home? Probably you were apprehensive that I was going to have a meltdown right. about the right, mud. Right, right. Your, yeah, but other than that, I think you did fine. <laughs> Well, yeah. So speaking of Halloween and how fun it was when you were a kid and then you grow up and life sucks because you're an adult, this week's question. Um, That's a healthy attitude. <laughs> starts, hi, Emma. First, let me say your blog, Instagram, and podcast are such a breath of fresh air and have brought me lots of hap- happiness and laughs. A plus for re- okay. A plus for relatability and humor. Thank you. Second, I have a question for you and Ellen regarding careers that I would love both your opinions on. I so admire how you seem to have found a great work-life balance in your chosen career. From a younger professional, what are your tips and tricks to cultivating that balance between career success and time for yourself? I work in an industry that is notorious for long unpaid hours, and I constantly feel too burnt out to be able to have healthful <laughs> to have a healthy social life. Whenever I put my foot down and only work my 40-hour work weeks, I'm looked at as the millennial that doesn't want to put in the time. Maybe it's my chosen career path. Maybe it's my job itself. But something needs to change. Thanks in advance. Love you guys. I wonder if she's in the advertising business. I think she said she's like in the architectural design field. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which I can imagine them working. I mean, they're like literally designing the infrastructure of things. Okay, you can't make your business, your job, your whole life. That's not healthy. Yeah. And I think it's so unfortunate that you get looked down upon if you put in your time. I mean, if you're not doing it, if you're walking out the door every day, that's one thing. But it sounded like she's just doing it intermittently when she needs a break from it. Yeah. And I don't think it's... I mean, you mean I, walking out the door on time? On time. And not putting in like an extra hour, three hours, four hours, whatever it is. But, you know, these people must have families and children and I just don't know how they can do that you'd be surprised well I mean I do know how they can do it I'm just saying no I'm I'm saying like you'd be surprised at like I mean I feel like with every office you get such a mix like some people are like they don't have anything to go home to so they don't mind staying there and then you have you know people who are higher up who do understand what that balance means I just think I think the biggest thing across the board is the trick is setting boundaries. You just have to set those boundaries. Like, But Emma, sometimes I think that's hard to do because if you're being judged by your peers and your superiors and everybody else almost is staying and doing extra stuff and you're not, yeah, you're going to stand out and it's not fair even if you're doing excellent work during your allotted hours that most normal people would do that 40-hour work week. Right. And I, it's a catch-22 situation. I yeah. I don't know how much good advice I could give somebody. Um, I mean, it definitely is, but I really do believe, like, the work-life balance thing. I think that at the end of the day, unless you're literally, like, a doctor curing diseases or helping people live, there have to be those natural boundaries put into place, like... And yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like setting them is going to be really uncomfortable, but you kind of just have to get to a point where you're like, I don't give a fuck. Like as long as you are there and you're there on time and your head is down and you are delivering and getting the shit done that you're supposed to get done, no one can really say anything. Now, obviously if you're half-assing it, 
and then also leaving early like yeah that's an issue and that like that's not cool but if you're doing everything that you should do it's like you know and I I think I mean I think everyone struggles with this for sure and especially with like the whole stigma or like stereotype that millennials have like oh they're so entitled they don't want to work long hours but I think it's just I don't think that's fair because I think things that have shifted so much and there's so much more going on in young you know 20 30 something year old lives now that they don't want to be living at the office they have like all this other stuff to do so like for me a personal example is I really don't like waking up to go to the gym um and I I almost hate working out after work more because I just want to get home at the end of the day like I don't want another obstacle to to have to deal with so my boundaries that I set is like I work out during lunchtime and you know I try and make it really quick which is super easy because I do BBG and they're only 28 minute you know increments increments workouts and I have like a whole system of you know being able to make myself look presentable really super fast um and getting dressed and being back up on my desk and I bring my lunch so I'm not taking extra time to go get lunch or like sit down in the cafeteria to eat it I get my lunch I heat it up I bring it back to my desk and I continue working for the day and that's a boundary that I've set and it's my lunch break and I should be able to do what I want with it so I think it's like little things like that. I think it's really a difficult situation for her. What she's trying to say is like she can try to put boundaries in place, but it sounds like if she's got these deadlines that arise that she can't control and she has to participate, it's going to be hard to say, I'm sorry, but on Thursday nights, I'm in a knitting group and I'm not going to give that up for this. Yeah, You can't do that because your job is important and she wants to keep it. And, I just, and it sounds like she wants to move up, too, and, like, be looked at as... I think that's why she said the thing about millennials. That's how it struck me, is that if she doesn't put in the time and put her head down and stay over time while she's single and doesn't have a lot going on, she's not going to advance the way she wants to. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult to say, I'm going to set aside this time the, on these days during the week to do A, B, C, and D, and I'm going to stick to it, and that's just the way it's going to be. I think something's going to come up where it's going to be hard hard for her to say I've got to something's going to come up where she's not going to be able to shuffle things around and she's just going to have to let everything go to the side that she already said I've got this schedule set up and I'm going to have to stay here and do my work yeah I mean I think I think to Ellen's point it just again it's very circumstantial it just has a lot to do with the situation so I mean it, it sounds like your job is super demanding and maybe there isn't like any wiggle room and that really sucks. So then it kind of comes down to, um, I think it comes down to choosing something, one thing that alleviates some of your stress and you have to identify what that is. I think start there. I think that I was also going to say that maybe like start small and just say, okay, like at least one weeknight a week, I'm going to do this for myself whether it's get a drink with a friend, get dinner with a friend, take a bath, um, you know, not open your computer when you get home. I think maybe starting small with that and seeing how you can slowly start cultivating that balance. I like that. You have to start small when you've got the pressure of a job that sounds as demanding as the one that she's got. Yeah. 
start small, do one thing, see how it goes. Because then if you're trying to do too many things, it sounds like you're going to stress yourself out about that. Right. I just really live by what I was saying earlier. Like, if if you're on top of your shit and getting stuff done, and not just getting it done, but getting it done well, then you have more you have more leverage like you you should have more flexibility to cultivate that balance that you're looking for because you have proven yourself and I feel like a good office environment and good managers and good bosses should recognize that they would take note of that and already know it yeah like they're not going to be like ooh, I mean yeah like she's really good and gets her shit done but I wish she worked like 15 extra hours a week like no that that then you're just like at a shitty company with shitty people. Right. I mean, if there's other millennials there that are slacking and you're just worried you're going to be put into that category, as long as you're doing what you should do and going a little or even a lot beyond be better it, than them. it should, it probably is being noted. And I just don't think you should put yourself in that category. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for respecting boundaries. Like I do it at work and stuff too. Like if my direct report has something that she wants to leave a little early for. It's like, yeah, I mean, if your shit's done and it's in a good spot, then I don't, like, you have to go live your life. I'm not going to make you stay and end up missing, like, an event or barely making it to a flight. Like, I just don't believe in that. Yes, but Emma, that's you. I know, that's me. Roses Roses are red and and violets violets are blue. blue. Cultivate balance. Roses are red and violets are blue. Cultivate balance. Honey, do you? I said balance. Okay. Roses are red and violets are blue. Cultivate balance. Honey, do you? Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this episode of Yeah, We Said It. We hope you picked up um, some nuggets about Halloween and the Golden Family, as well as how to cultivate that work-life balance um as always we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast on apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode and don't forget to rate it and leave a written review because we really like when you guys take the time to say a couple of nice words about us goodbye america